LifeSpring number 196, Lord Save Us from Your Followers. Today's show is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash LifeSpring. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, iPad, or MP3 player. Welcome to LifeSpring. I'm Steve Webb and I'm your host. It's so good to see you again. I've got a great interview to share with you today, so I don't want to take a lot of time in opening the show here. Suffice it to say that I'm doing well, the family's doing well, and I'll share more with you on the next show. But uh, I want to really be sure that you get to listen to the entire interview today. So in the interest of time, we're going to get right to it. But uh, first, I just want to uh, say that you can write to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com and leave comments, or you can uh, leave a message on my uh, Google voicemail account, which is 951-732-8511. Let's see, iTunes comments are always appreciated. And let's see, oh, you can even go to the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com and click on the appropriate show, which would be either Lifespring or Lifespring All Shows feed, and you can leave comments right there on the show notes page. So today's guest is Dan Merchant, sometimes known as the Bumper Sticker Man. He spent three years making a film called Lord Save Us from Your Followers. Uh, I'm going to play the audio from the film's trailer right about now. with God through Christ gives me meaning and direction. God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. What impression does America have of Christians? Fanaticism. The Crusades. Warfare. Being really snobby. There may be Christians who think that this is a Christian country. We have a culture that's violently opposed to Christian values. Look out, Easter Bunny, you are not wanted in some places. Hi, I'm Dan Merchant, and I'm a Christian. I know, I know. That's why I made this movie. For the past four years, I hit the streets dressed as a human bumper sticker in search of a conversation with anyone willing to have one. So which one is he pointing to there, Jim? Hell out of my way, I'm late for church. I spoke with liberals and conservatives, believers and non-believers, and everyone in between. It's amazing what you can learn when you stop shouting and start listening. Jesus said, before you look at the evil out there in the secular humanist, you'd better take a good look at the evil that is within your own lives. There are a lot of hard feelings out there from many in the gay community who said all you wanted to do was condemn us. One of the things that kept me from being a Christian was being treated so poorly by Christians. That should break the heart of any Christ follower. It's not a coincidence that in the scriptures poverty is mentioned 2,100 times. But the one thing we can all agree is that God is with the vulnerable and the poor. Seeing this work is so profound. It's just the kind of work that I don't know who else steps forward to do it. If you want to talk about what is the best face of religion, the face of religion that is not divisive, but that brings people together and lifts us up, that's it. 
If we love somebody, we go out of our way to learn the best of who they are. I was really affected by this film and had the pleasure of welcoming Dan into my home just a few days ago to talk about it. Instead of being here in my regular studio, which is really just set up for one person, I set our recording gear up in Studio D, <laughs> the dining room. So the sound will be a little bit different from what you're used to on the Lifespring Show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dan Merchant of the film Lord Save Us from Your Followers. And please note that the DVD release date is April 20th, so quite possibly if you're listening to this uh, podcast on the day that it was released, it's uh, ready for you at the store right now. So I'm sitting here with Dan Merchant, who is an award-winning writer-director who began his career selling sketch comedy to the Seattle late-night institution Almost Live, before settling in at CBS affiliate KOIN, or COIN TV, in Portland, Oregon, where he won an Iris Award for We're Making Movies, and three Northwest Region Emmys for writing, producing the Dr. Wilderness Show, and the original Bill Nye the Science Guy pilot. I think that is so cool. I love that show. (laughs) Uh, He became the executive producer-writer of VH1's critically acclaimed Rock and Roll Twilight Zone anthology series, Strange Frequency. Thomas Nelson Publishers released the companion book to the film we're going to talk about today, Lord Save Us from Your Followers, and that was released in March 2008. So the movie's been out for a while, but we just now got the opportunity to talk to Dan because the DVD version of uh, Lord Save Us from Your Followers is out April 20th, and... uh, as you'll find out here in the uh, next few minutes that uh, this is a film you are going to want to get. I saw it for the first time last night, uh, sat down with my family and watched it, and uh, what a powerful message. Dan, welcome to the Life Spring Show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. It is so cool what you've done here. So tell me uh, real quick what your impetus was for making this film. You know, it's twofold. I suppose, uh, first and foremost, it was a growing disease that I was having as a follower of Jesus personally with kind of how comfortable I was becoming with an us versus them mentality. And right. certainly, you know, that was the, the prevalent, uh, you know, going into the last election, that was a, the prevalent um, oh, the climate, I guess you, sure. you could say. And, um, and, and I was fine with it. Uh, you know, for a while going, this is for me personally, would be going back to the 04 election, but you know, it's, it's, it's the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and then I guess the other impetus for the, for the journey was, uh, was during that, um, that 2004 election season, uh, I had a chance to visit, uh, Africa. So I went to Ethiopia Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I saw, um, I saw believers uh, from all around the world there doing beautiful, difficult work. I met Ethiopian Christians who mm-hmm. taught me an awful lot about my faith and things that I didn't think I needed to be taught about, <laughs> as right. it turns out. And and really coming back from that trip to Africa, um, you know, I'd met a, a young man who, um, uh, you know, lives in a hut with orphan brothers and sisters, and and we had a pretty pretty profound conversation about our faith, and uh, and it really kind of shook me up, and I came home and. And, and heard the guys with the microphones, you know, the so-called Christian spokespeople who 
had essentially reduced our faith to being against two things, and that was there. Now you're Christian, right. and um, and and to really compare the young man in the hut in Ethiopia to the guys with the microphones, and have to acknowledge that well, the guys with the microphones are me. They're my tribe. I'm yeah. with them, uh-huh. unfortunately, and and really trying to understand the gap between uh, the the guy in the hut and and the uh, the guys with the microphones is the journey of Lord save us from your followers. Are we doing it right? How do we be a Christian in 21st century? in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, is the stuff Jesus talked about and seemed to be important to him still important because we don't act like it is right. often. Mm-hmm. And, and so those were the, the big questions that I was trying to answer for myself. And because I'm a writer and a filmmaker, this is, this is how I work it out. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Now, what about that conversation shook you up, the conversation in Ethiopia? Well, a good question. The, um, um, I, I was chatting with this guy and I was asking him, we were talking about faith and, and he'd said something beautiful. He said to me, uh, even though our skin colors are different, we're both brothers because we're brothers in Christ. And I'm like, well, sure we are. Yeah, that's lovely, isn't it? Uh-huh. Can someone put that on a Hallmark card, please? <laughs> it's totally lovely. And then, and then I, I, it occurred to me that this image of Jesus that he has has to be different than mine. Um, just because we grew in, I mean, my vision of Jesus is Max von Sydow from the greatest story ever told. Okay, so a redheaded Dutchman is how I picture Jesus, <laughs> right? So I can't help it. It was, you know, a young age, I saw that film. Okay. And, um, and so, so I asked him, well, tell me who Jesus is to you. And, and this young guy gives me this, this look and it's a very kind, sweet, patient kind of look. And in retrospect, he was probably, he was probably thinking, well, I'll try and explain it to this Westerner, but the poor guy's got no chance of right. understanding, but I'll, I'll, I'll indulge him. Okay. So, so what he says to me is that that my mother she died of AIDS but not for me and my father he also died of AIDS but not for me but Jesus Christ he died for me Mm. and he said it with the assurance that he was saying the sky is blue Uh and and it's embarrassing Steve but the the first thought that ran through my mind was wow this kid sounds like he believes that stuff (laughs) And then the next thought was, hey, wait, that sounds suspiciously like what I was baptized in a river for. Uh-huh. That's, wait a second. Right. And, and it was one of those sort of Hitchcock, you know, stretch zoom, you know, Jimmy okay. Stewart tumbling uh, uh-huh. off the tower in vertigo um, kind of moments where the rug just got pulled. And I'm like, wait, why does the way this guy described it sound foreign to yeah. me? Uh-huh. Why does it sound better? Why does it sound like something I want? Isn't that what I, what the heck? Yeah. You know, so that was, that was really kind of the emotional, you know, sort of the gut punch to, uh, to try and understand, well, what, what am I not getting? Mm. And then, and then as I was describing earlier, you know, the, the, you know, the Dobsons and the Falwells and the Robertsons and the Tony Perkins and whoever the, you know, whoever your, your Christian spokespeople are. I'm like, why, why are they not reminding me of Jesus and, and, and giving me this thirst to know more when this humble kid who lives in a hut is? Uh-huh. And, and the trust and the reliance that this guy you know, has on God in just such a tangible, real way, right. um, was it just simply profound. Right. And it just was alien to me. Okay. You know, am I happy because I have a great wife and a couple good guys, uh, you know, good kids? Am I happy because I have two cars that run? Am I happy because I live in a cul-de-sac? Am I happy? Or is it because the master of time, space, and dimension and all things loves me? <laughs> I don't know, because yeah. I got all this other stuff. It's hard to know. Yeah. And, and this kid didn't have anything else except for the love of God. Yeah. And that was plenty. Mm-hmm. And boy, there's a lesson. <laughs> I think so. And you know, that's something that kept going through my mind as I was watching the film is maybe 
the reason we have gotten so divided over issues is because we are just so stinking affluent here that we don't really have to rely on anybody yeah. but our bank account or our big fancy escalator, whatever it is. Right. When, when you're reduced down to just nothing, your reliance has to be outside. No, you're right. The, the big question is really, do, what do we believe and why do we believe it? I mean, do we really believe God's grace and truth and strength um, is everything? And I, I humbly submit that if we did really believe that, mm-hmm. we'd act a lot different. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and fortunately, and that's one, of the, that's one of the real blessings of Lord Save Us From Your Followers, is I, I, I got to meet a lot of people who do. You know, um, you know, we, we we're comfortable to go, oh, Mother Teresa, isn't she wonderful and a complete freak? You know, <laughs> I can't be like her. You know, she's dedicated her entire life. Uh, how can I be one 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 hundredth or one one thousandth of her? We were very comfortable making her the exception when right. she's just an obedient follower. You know, it, this isn't, you know, these are not things to get on the Christian all-star team. These are ways to be obedient. Do yes. you love God and you want to show him you love him? Then try some of these things that incidentally Jesus did or talked about a lot, right. seemed to emphasize. And those are some of the things in that last, you know, half hour of Lord Save Us From Your Followers that, that leave such a, an emotional impact on, on viewers and are beautiful examples of what happens when we do trust yes. in God's truth and grace. It's right. amazing what happens when we bother, you know, to let the, 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 the creator of all things in on what we're doing. Yeah. That's very gracious of us sometimes <laughs> yes, to do that. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, we are so far ahead of ourselves here, but that's okay. All right, you know, it, it, No, no, that's okay. <laughs> Conversation goes where it goes, doesn't it? it? Yes, it does. And, and I think what that will do, hopefully it'll make the listeners say, oh, this is something I want to hear more about. So l- let's go back to the beginning of the film. All right. You have a, a, a veritable, veritable cavalcade of what conservatives would call a whole bunch of liberals in there. <laughs> you've got Al Franken. You've got Bill Maher. You've got even Tony Campolo. Who, there's a history there with Tony Campolo, too, isn't there? When he first became known to the evangel, evangelical world, or when I first heard of him, yeah. was when, they, when Word Publishing released his sermon, uh, uh, It's Friday, but Sunday's Coming. Oh, yeah. What a fantastic sermon. Still one of the best oh, sermons still, I have ever heard Yeah, preached, and it's quoted ever. by everyone all the time. Yes, it is. <laughs> but when Tony uh, revealed that he had some uh, uh, views that were not uh, what were would be considered conservative evangelical views, right. he was uh, pretty much soundly rejected by a, a large percentage yeah. of Christians, and I'm using air quotes. Yeah, 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 right, right. And to this day, there are some people that, that you know, he's, he's, he's gone off the deep end. Oh, he's Forget a Democrat in sheep's clothing exactly. or something. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, yeah. But he had some great things to say in the film. Uh, continuing, well, you had, uh, on the other side, you had uh, Rick Santorum. Right. And uh, some others, uh, Matthew Crouch was there, William Paul Young, the author of The Shack. Uh, Bono was on there. Right. Um, and James Dobson gets his James say. Dobson, yeah. yeah. Now, some of these people, uh, uh, Michael Reagan, some of these yep. people you, you interviewed, and right. some you used news footage of right. or, or what have you. You're right. Um, but to bring all of those different people into this film with all the different viewpoints, and then the way you start the film with the illustrations, the talking heads, yeah. yeah, with all of the different viewpoints all over the place uh, was a great way to... to get the idea out that 
this thing that we call humanity has so many different viewpoints and right. so many different views. And we are so um, uh, strident. <laughs> that we like being right, don't we, Steve? Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I always wish people thought about things like I do, but you know, they just refuse to do so. Yes. But um, as somebody said in the film, Jesus never called called us to be right, or he'd do something like that. Well, there's there's a quote. Um, yeah, that's right. That was a man on the street said that he 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 taught us a d- about a different kind of being right, which is to learn how, about love. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That's kind of the trump card. <laughs> right. Right. So that was a great way to, to start the film. Yeah, thank you. Well, just to comment on that for a minute, one, one of the things that I hadn't seen anyone do before in film or even in a book, really, is invite everybody into the conversation. We're each of us, whether you're way left or way right or in the middle, we know what we think more right. or less, but often we don't understand what anyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. And so the chance to go, let's talk about these topics or, or, or this, this general lack of a conversation. And, and let's just acknowledge we've got about a million and a half monologues happening simultaneously and no one's really listening or talking to anybody. Right. And, and this is what it looks like when we do that. And it looks a little silly. Right. You know, and, and it also, you, you start to realize that there's a, um, there's a spectrum of ideas or a continuum where you and I might be one step away from each other. Mm-hmm. But if we have to go black and white and define teams in those terms, well, then we're going to be opposite each other. Right. When in fact, we're very, very, very similar. And, and again, um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I like to joke that I think Lord save us from your followers is a, is a look in the mirror for anybody. And once in a while, a look in the mirror is good because we got a little schmutz on our chin and we wouldn't have known otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, that, that I thought was, was something that I hadn't seen done before. And I know for me, it was completely fascinating to talk to an Al Franken and a Rick Santorum, ask them all the same questions and, and have an actual conversation with them. And it just, uh, the conversation is so much different than the sound bites we're used to. Okay. Well, and it's interesting that you pretty much let each person give their viewpoint and there wasn't there probably was during you know the sh- the shooting, but you, you didn't put into the film your responses to a lot of what they said. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of correcting. <laughs> yeah, how refreshing. Yeah, what a novel concept. <laughs> well, again, again, the idea was you know, and, and shoot, the film dips to black and it comes up, and the words before the credits roll are. The conversation yeah. starts now. Yes. That's what we're trying to do. These things are very, very important topics. Um, you know, faith and culture and how we're going to get along with each other. These are the questions and the topics. And I think we ought to be able to talk to each other about them, whether we agree with each other or we don't. Mm-hmm. We still have to figure out how we're going to get along and take care of each other. And if you're, a, if you're a Christian, Jesus has a lot to say about how we should do that. And if you're not, that's okay too. But we still got to figure out. We all live in this country. We're still going to have to figure it out. Right. And the way we've been doing it doesn't seem to be working particularly well. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, especially when it comes to the Christian meeting the non-Christian, non-believer, whatever you want to call them right uh we're called to develop relationships with them yeah and give them a reason for why we believe yeah but not to beat them up over it well i think you just said that i mean the key word the magic word is relationship i mean it took me a couple years into this journey to go that's the key and and if you go back and you take that that paradigm of relationship and you lay it over jesus in the new testament 
That's what he's doing. That's exactly he's it. He's building relationships right and left. Sure. And and as we as as anybody listening knows from from living a life on this planet, the context of relationship completely changes the rules. You know, if you and I are friends and I'm out drinking late and I call you at three a.m. Um, it's a very different phone call if we're lifelong buddies and I know you love me and, and, and I can be vulnerable to you and go, look, I totally blew it. I completely screwed up. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that you helped me, you know, you've earned the right to speak. Dan, you moron. You yeah. fell off the wagon again. What are you thinking about? Right. You know, that kind of thing. It's a completely different context than, you know, uh, you standing on the parade route yelling at me. Right. You know, it's if the fact that anybody thinks bumper stickers or, or being on a parade route uh, and screaming at someone is uh, any any kind of um, effective form of communication is, is laughable and embarrassing and Quit it right now. Stop. Take the bumper stickers off your car and exactly. quit it. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and well, that is the key is having the relationship. And the way we've been doing it is not with relationship. It's yeah. just been I'm right, you're wrong, and you better get right or you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And it, which, again, interestingly, you don't see Jesus forcing people to check the box before, you know, he saves the adultering woman from the, uh, the, the, the Pharisees with the stones who had the law on their side. Absolutely. I mean, they were, quote, right. Yep. And then Jesus, again, pulls out the trump card that love is this different kind of being right. It's not the letter of the law. It's the whole law. Right. And and boy, truth without the grace is not really the truth. Right. And well, one thing that I've said often on my show is that. Jesus did beat people up, but it was the religious people. Yeah, who was it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't beat up the non-believers. He loved them and he let them see that, hey, I'm about love. And he met them where they were. Yeah. He met their needs. And then he said, oh, by the way, go and sin no more. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But he didn't start the conversation No, that he way. sure doesn't. He risks his life is how he starts that conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stands up to the angry mob, right? Exactly. And and says, hey, all right, guys, you're so clean. Let's 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 talk about what you've been up to. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And you know what? If if we're willing, you know, to stand up to the angry mob on behalf of, of somebody, if we're willing to face down the people with the law, quote, uh, on their side, um, because we love this person so much the way we're called to, um, yeah, you've just completely changed the way we can talk to people. And, and, and again, notice Jesus leaves the choice up to her, you know, um, you know, she wanders off. We don't ever know what happened to her. That's right. You know, it was, he, he leaves that choice. Um, but boy, he sure, he sure made a point. And I imagine she'll, uh, she, she considered that point in a whole new way after, so. uh, after being loved like that. I think so. But now recently what, uh, the, the, um, the circumstances that people have been able to stand up and, and, you know, raise their voice and, you know, really get strident has been when they're in a safe environment, when they're with you know, the people that they agree with all right, the time. Right. And they're saying, oh, are we, you know, you know, those guys over there ought to stop doing this and blah, 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 blah. Sure, sure. But nobody seems to really want to take a risk anymore. Well, it's, it's look, we're complicated, messy creatures and it's, yeah. relationships hard. I, I was having a conversation with a Christian rock musician who can remain nameless, but uh, he and I were talking about this idea of, uh, I think they call it mall evangelism. So in the South, I think it was in Texas or someplace, he was talking about this group where, you know, they give the kids the tracks and they drop them off at the mall and right. save as many kids as you can and we'll bring the bus back at five. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he said, oh, I think that's great. I think that's a super idea. Provided that everyone you hand a track to, you're willing to walk with 
for the next 20 years. You're willing to carry their crap. You're willing to let them be vulnerable to you. You're willing to to be there for them when you need them, whether or not they do anything you say or not, you're going to love them. Okay, great. If those are the rules, hand them away. And Uh if not, you should probably just go have a picnic or something. Stay, stay, stay to yourselves because it's, um, you know, this Christianity, this requires a lot of us, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're, if we really want to play, if we really want to try and and show God, we love them. If we really want to try and understand, you know, what Jesus was about, it costs a lot. It does cost a lot. (laughs) And it's not about numbers. No, no. So many people, oh, you know, I witnessed witnessed to, you know, X number of people last week or whatever. I mean, that doesn't matter because just vomiting the message to as many people as you can is not relationship. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, one of the, one of the big things that I've learned on this and, and, you know, I think I started, we started shooting the movie in, you know, December 05 and shot segments over the next three years and the last, last year and a half or so I've been out uh, touring with it. You know, the movie came out in theaters last September and I was out all over the place with it then. And I just have not met one single person who didn't already have an idea of, of the Jesus story or, you know, repent or burn or, you know, accept Jesus into your heart or you're going to hell. Everyone knows that. Uh-huh. I have not met, honest to God, I have not met one person who wasn't familiar with some version of that story. Really? And and the, the, the shocker is I've met hundreds, maybe pushing into thousands now of people who have never experienced the love of God. Mm. They've never felt it. Mm. They've, they've felt this shallow fairy tale Mm -hmm. and without the, without the heart transforming truth that goes with that. Right. It's just as a bunch of words. And then usually those words come from people who aren't willing, you know, you're not even willing to get to know me. You don't even know my name and you're shouting at me. Get to know me, walk in my shoes. That's why I hate street preachers. I can't get a word in edgewise to tell them, hey, dude, I'm on your team. Yeah. They won't listen. Right. I can't get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of summers ago, I was at uh, the Huntington Beach Pier. There was some big event going on, you know, big skate event, you know, surf or whatever it was. I forgot now what it was. But there was a guy at the at the uh, beginning of the pier that had this great big sign that said something like repent or die. Some, you know, yeah, right. craziness like that. And there was a, a circle probably at least... 30 feet radius around this guy where nobody would even get close to him. Oh, my gosh. And everybody's just force avoiding this guy. <laughs> exactly. It's like a force field. That was it. And I'm going, you really think you're being effective, dude? I mean, yeah. You may be effective, but for the wrong direction, you know, the well, wrong reason. And as you can imagine by now, I've heard about every, you know, rebuttal that anybody wants to throw. It's like, well, the truth divides. That wasn't a force field. That's the truth dividing. Uh-huh. It's like, nah, I think we ought to be open to the idea that we might be dividing first. <laughs> I just think we need to be open to the idea that we ought to stand out of the way a little bit and let the truth show up once in a while before we're, ah, Lord, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Holy Spirit, back off. Yeah, right. I got let, this. Yeah, I can let do me, this. I'll straighten this guy out for you, and then you can come in. Okay? How's that? Well, it's funny. I've got some devil's advocate questions oh, here. Oh, well, bring we them. Bring them. <laughs> Let's do that now. I wanted to talk about some of the people in the in the film that really, uh, really touched me. But let's go ahead and, and do these devil's advocate. Okay, sure. You know, one of the things that the Christians are attacked for is, you know, um, the hate and pointing out people's sins and stuff like that. Right. Well, the prophets pointed out the sins in the people around their society. You know, God told them, you go tell them, repent or die. Yeah. 
So what do we say to that? What are we as Christians supposed to do? Well, first, you better be darn sure that God spoke to you and told you to go out and do that. Um, if, um, if, if you feel like that's your, Hey, if God spoke to you and told you to go do that, then go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I feel like God spoke to me and told me, go make this movie. Mm -hmm. I know how that feels. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy to go out and spend five years of your life and go broke making a movie that you think you're supposed to be doing. Right. And, um, so, so I, no, I, I respect that and appreciate that. But, you know, one of the other things, you know, that I asked, um, I was talking, I, I had lunch with Campolo not long ago and, um, and I said, now, what's this false prophet business? You know, give me what's the definition of a false prophet? And he goes, oh, well, in the Old Testament, it's if the prophet said something was going to happen and it didn't, mm-hmm. then they were false. And that was a, oh, well, that's a pretty simple definition. Uh-huh. So, um, so you better be sure you're plagiarizing Jesus when you're out shouting people down. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, I think that we ought to be doing it the way Jesus showed us how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and y- you're right. There's the isolated odd prophet that, that would, that would, you know, stand on the corner and, you know, shout the end is near and all that. Um, but, uh, you know, I follow Jesus and here's how he does it. Exactly. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, I'm sure. No, it's a good, it's a good probably question. heard that. Sure. Uh, next, uh, let's see. Um, reconciliation is a theme in the film. Yeah, sure. And the Bible says though that we're in the world and not of it. Reconciliation can be thought of as being compromise. What well, do you that's think people that? that's people who don't understand what reconciliation is then. Cuz I mean reconciliation and compromise are two entirely different things. And and here's the thing that's fascinating that why did God, you know, why did God give, you know, Eve to Adam because he didn't want him to be alone? Um, and that he, he gave us each other to understand him. And, um, what's fascinating, this is my personal experience on this film and in my life in the, you know, in, in the course of the, of making this film is that when we start to understand how to reconcile with each other, what we're really learning and practicing is how to reconcile with God. Yeah. And then when we can reconcile with God, then all this stuff gets a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Honestly, most of us, most of us don't want to reconcile with God completely because we think it's going to mess with our mojo. Yeah. We think it's going to, there's some stuff we like doing that we don't, we are not sure if God's okay with it and I don't want to ask him because yeah. then he might say no. You know, I mean, that, that's how I am. And that's, I'm sure most people I know are like that. And, uh, and, and I think that the, the reconciliation, um, you know, and it takes two parties, um, and, uh, and you know, I, I don't, I mean, it's, you know, we're speaking in the abstract about reconciliation. So I'm trying to think of a specific, you know, specific examples, but the, um, the, the act of, um, uh, you know, biblical meekness, you know, restrained mm. strength, um, is, um, it, it's an amazing, it's not an accident that that makes its way into the sermon on the Mount. You know, mm. I mean, that's good stuff and yeah. we don't do it. Humility, the lost art of humility, all those things are, are present in, in, in the act of reconciliation. Got nothing to do with compromise. They have, they have more to do with the, um, uh, just trusting in God, trusting in God's grace and his truth in the fullness of that. But if I make friends with these people, aren't I saying that it's okay to be the way they are? They are. Clearly, yeah. Today, Steve playing the part of somebody who's never loved one of them. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful performance. No, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I get the, the you know, along these lines, I get the, well, you're just going to love people straight to hell, Dan. Spoken from someone who's never tried to love someone they yeah. don't like. Yeah. That's not what happens. 
you know, maybe I, I've never met anybody. I, I hear about it once in a while who, uh, who've, who've had the kind of the road to Dam- Damascus experience that, you know, one minute they're, you know, heroin act, rock star, blam. And the next minute they're, they're not. Right. Um, I don't know anyone like that. All the people I know, and I'm, you know, 45 now, so I've seen a few people. It's, yeah, it's a progression. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick, you know, in this progression, you know, it's a journey. Yes. We've done people the disservice to say, I think, to say, hey, say the sinner's prayer and you're in. Mm. There you go. You're done. Good. It's like, no, it's step one of a journey. Yeah. It's acknowledging, you know, the truth of, of Jesus Christ and who he was and why he died for us and who God is in now. Now it's a journey to know God. Mm-hmm. And that's an ongoing lifelong thing, folks. And, yes, and for people to think that, hey, I said the prayer and gosh, I don't feel you want to know why there's so many dissatisfied Christians. You want to know why people don't go to church and what because people don't think it's real because uh, they said the magic poem yeah. and nothing happened. Yeah, they don't get it's a journey. Yeah. And and I get it mostly, you know, now because I spent five years on this kind of journey, just going, all right, God, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? Right. Really? Al Franken. OK. He said <laughs> yes to the interview. Let's go talk, you know. And um, anyway. So who was the, uh, that's a good segue, who was the first uh, really out there liberal that you interviewed for the film? Was it Al Franken or? Let me think. Um, Campolo, Campolo was first. I, of course, I wouldn't characterize him as an out there liberal. Yeah. But uh, um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, Campolo and then, um, and then Al Franken and then I think Michael Reagan might have been the next interview. So. Um, I think those three were the first three that that really kind of helped um, give me perspective on on what the you know quote polar opposites were thinking, and then okay. Santorum came a bit later after his failed uh, re-election uh, bid, right? And um, and it was fascinating to hear Reagan and Franken say things that are like you guys almost made the same point, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And it's like I wouldn't have expected that, but that's because we're you know. It, I think often what we do is we have our position mm-hmm. and we look for the two or three points that support it and we ignore everything else. Yeah. And we're not really honest or fair yeah. at times. And, you know, there's lots of things that, that, um, you know, that I had to acknowledge about myself and, and realize, uh, you know, this idea of, of, of being right about everything all the time, which I'm pretty good at. And it's kind of a big part of my personality uh-huh. and I'm not, you know, and it's like, that sucks to realize that, <laughs> to have that shown to you that you're not so smart after all, big guy, you know, and, uh, and, and to realize that the, the, the gospel of being right and the gospel of love are two mm. very different things. And it's like, why don't you put a little effort into this gospel of love business, Dan, and, and cool it on the gospel of being right about everything. And, and the Philip Yancey quote that starts the film off anyway, is that line that says, um, uh, nobody ever converted to Christianity because they lost the argument. Yeah, I thought that was a great quote. You know, it said it was one of the inspirational things for the journey. And, uh, and you know, Yancey's written so many beautiful sure. things and, and honest and painful. And, you know, he's, you know, guys looked in the mirror. And, yeah. uh, you know, I appreciate that honesty. And, uh, you know, I, I, the good news is that, that we can all relax a little bit. You know, if the ballot measure passes that you campaigned against and it passed anyway, guess what? The world's not going to hell tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's been going to hell from day one. So relax. What your job is, if you say you're a believer, is you you be on a journey to know who God is. And God is going to show you how to reflect his love to others. Those are your jobs. And, you know, the little details 
whatever. That stuff sorts its stuff out. If those are the things you're doing, good stuff is going to come your way. And my experience is it really makes life a whole lot more fun to live. Totally. When you're like that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I used to be a, a, a real political radio junkie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I found myself angry all the time. Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, it just it would drive me crazy. And now I hardly ever will listen to talk radio or political radio because it, it isn't good for me. Yeah. Number one, whether I'm angry about something or not is not going to change it. Yeah. And number two, it doesn't uh, help me in my relationship with others. Yeah. And so I've turned that stuff off since then. My blood pressure is better. <laughs> you know, I could go on and on. So can I quote you saying Glenn Beck will kill you? Is that what I'm, can I go there with that? Sure, you can go there well, if you want. The, the thing, and, and you know, obviously there's a, there's a, a section in Lord Save Us from Your Followers that kind of speaks to this, this point. And you know, it's buyer beware. The audience just has to understand there there really isn't a difference between, you know, Dave Letterman's monologue and Glenn Beck's presentation. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment. Yeah. They're trying. It's just entertainment. Don't pretend it's news. Oops. Don't pretend it's news. Don't pretend it's, it's um, you know, late breaking. Stuff. It's like Bill O'Reilly will throw stuff out and have to correct it three months later. But right. yeah, I mean, it's dinner theater. It's, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be fun. Right. You know, and some people get it and some, you know, it's like a sporting event. We go to a, you know, a hockey game or basketball game. We scream our guts out. Well, some people like to do that with talk radio or, yeah. or cable news. So it's like, okay, I get it. But but for those of you who that's not your, what you're doing with it, be, be buyer beware. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll get back to the interview in just a second, but I wanted to take just a minute to talk about Audible.com. I'm so happy to welcome Audible to the Lifespring Media family. It's taken quite a long time, but we finally got the deal made. Audible has supported podcasting for some time now, and you probably know that if you listen to uh, other podcasts like Leo Laporte's uh, Twit. Uh, but uh, I can speak from personal experience as an Audible customer, and this is true, that This is a company with first-rate customer service. I'm happy to have them on board. And for you, the faithful listeners of LifeSpring, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service for yourself. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, it's a pretty safe assumption that you'll find some books there that you really enjoy. And to get you started, I'd like to recommend one of my favorite books, Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest the number one devotional book in the world. This is a revised and an updated version, which speaks to us in a clearer and more dynamic method than ever before. Oswald Chambers has influenced the lives of millions of Christians worldwide, and his ability to take the weightiest of topics and apply them to everyday life is one of his greatest gifts. I can easily see this becoming part of your normal uh, commute, either uh, going to work in the morning or coming back in the evening. Uh, what a great way to start or end the day. On this particular edition of it, the audiobook, Michael Card is the narrator, and he's an award-winning singer, songwriter, author, and teacher. With over 20 albums to his credit, 19 number one songs, and more than 14 books, he is uniquely gifted and qualified to narrate My Utmost for His Highest. His nuanced and thoughtful reading of this timeless classic provide a magnificent opportunity to anybody, regardless of their familiarity with Oswald Chambers. You can have this audiobook free right now if you'll get on over to audiblepodcast.com slash lifespring. I'm thinking you'll be glad you did. That's audiblepodcast.com slash lifespring. Now, back to the interview. You know, one of the people in the film that really touched me was um, Timothy. Yeah, Sister uh, Mary Timothy. Sister Mary Timothy, yeah. yeah. Now, 
when she first came on the screen, I had the reaction that probably most people do, like, yeah. what a freak. Yeah. Then the more you hear him talk, and then when you reveal his backstory, right. you're like, oh, man. Right. Wow. How could you not love this person? And I mean that sincerely. Yeah. And I've had an experience like that with someone else. When I was uh, early in podcasting, uh, I got in at the ground floor, practically, podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I was at one time a part of one of the largest podcast networks. And there was one of the uh, hosts on that network uh, was not as far out as Sister Mary Timothy, but uh, drag queen, you know, dressed up, the whole thing. And I met him one time. And he seemed to be pretty much ready to have, you know, a fight. Mm-hmm. But I didn't approach him like that at all. And he asked me why I do my show. And I told him that it was because I want people that don't know Jesus to understand who he is and that he loves them. Mm-hmm. And he loves you, I said. And it, it made him stop for a second. Wow. And he said... I would like to talk to you more about that. But we were in a, a situation right. where we couldn't. Right. And so that was the first time that I had, you know, that kind of an experience. Yeah. And uh, so in, in seeing the progression of what you revealed about Sister Mary Timothy, uh, it, it was like a, a real flashback for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I've done shows um, about homosexuality on the Lifespring show. And um, I got a, I've gotten a lot of input from homosexuals that, Steve, I never knew that, you know, a believer could have that attitude that yeah. you love us even though you don't agree. Right. And I've never been judgmental when it comes to that on the show. Now, right. the same uh, confession that you made in the confession booth, right? I would have to confess the same thing. You know, I've told the jokes and everything yeah, else. Right, right. But when you have the relationship, again, we get yeah, back to that. When you right. get to know them, yeah. it's like, how could you not love that person? Yeah. It breaks your heart that they don't have that relationship with a God that loves them. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't believe that's there, that they don't believe that's what we represent. You know, if for people that don't know who God is, they're looking at us to try and understand it. Is there something that Steve has, you know, a patience, a kindness, a quick to a smile? Is there something that Steve has that I don't have that I want? Where did Steve get it? Mm-hmm. How, what, what is it about him? What is that, that, that peaceful aura? What is that, you know, the, the, the lack of a, of a temper under a pressurized situation? What is it, you know, people are looking mm-hmm. and, and lots of times they don't see something, you know, they don't see anything that's like, well, uh, maybe I'll try Hinduism then because right. this Christian is like the most hacked off guy I've ever met. Yeah. You know, um, you know, he, he plays on the softball team and he throws his bat every time we pop, he pops the ball out. Right. It's like, uh, OK, I mean, it's these little clues that people are looking for, because here's the here's the truth. Just just like the, the friend in your story. Everybody's on the same journey you and I are on. Everybody's trying to find their way home. And, and some of us have taken big detours and some of us have made crummy decisions that have cost us a lot. Some of us have walked a pretty straight line, you know, but it's still the same journey. We're still trying to reconcile with God. And we as believers have to understand that about everybody else. And, and we have, I mean, you know, they wrote down the whole business about how God, you know, created everybody and how God loves everybody and how God so loved the world that he sent his son not to 
not to condemn it, mm-hmm. but to, to save it. Right. So why are those words not important to us and lots of other ones we choose mm-hmm. are? I mean, th- those are just such basic fundamental things. And the thing that I learned specifically from, from meeting Sister Mary Timothy was I need to try and look upon every face I see. I need to try and look upon it the way God looks at them. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different view than the way I normally look at people. Sure. My reflex is, and it's not the natural way. It's it's not. And and Tony Chris has a beautiful line in the movie. He's better known as Tony the Beat Poet from yep. Donald Miller's Blue Like Jazz. But he has this great line that you know to love someone is to look for the best of who they are. Yeah, I wrote not, that not, down in my isn't notes. That, isn't that a beautiful line? Yep. And and it's not the you know it's not don't don't identify me and and characterize me or uh, caricature me based on my worst trait, mm. start with the best of who I am, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and it just change, it just changes everything. It's a giant paradigm shift. It really is. And I, that's another thing that, that the film got me thinking is, okay. And I, this is obviously not the first time I've thought about this because we're told, we we're, we're taught from the very beginning to love our enemies and all that stuff. Well, yeah. what does that look like? What is that really? Right. You know? Right. Hey, well, sure. I, yeah, I love everybody. I, I, I love those people out there uh, in that, well, I don't hate them, so I guess I love them. But yeah. that isn't love. Love right. is something that we do. Love is an action. Love is yeah. is something that, that costs me something. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just well. I don't throw things at him. No, you're right, and that's part of that's part of why you know Sister Mary Timothy, um, you know, in in the telling of of the story of these themes in a film, you know, you have to visualize it, and and so it's like, well, who were the you know the lepers were an example in Jesus's mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Well, who are the lepers today? Mm-hmm. The homeless, maybe. Yeah. The, the, but you know what? It, you go to the homosexual community. If you want you want the Christians' heads to blow off, you start there. Mm-hmm. And so from the standpoint of trying to tell a story since you know since you didn't get to spend five years going around and talking to all these people like I did right. how do I condense this so people can get the point right. and um, and it's it's inflammatory uh, a little bit it's um, it's in your face and it forces you to deal with it and it's uncomfortable um, but if you hang with it I think I think you understand the point that, that, that we're talking about which is look if we signed up with Jesus he got the compassion thing he, he you know he trademark that one yeah you know he's the guy up on the cross you know letting the the thief in moments before he dies yeah how many of us are actually okay with that Mm. it's like oh come on i've been good for years (laughs) that guy was good for three minutes come on that's not fair now i mean that's where we go (laughs) isn't there a parable that kind of parallels oh i don't know (laughs) i steal everything from the bible so you'll you'll find it all in there somewhere (laughs) oh that's very good um you know, one of the things that that really got to me was when you you uh, talked about what happened in Biloxi. Yeah. You know, after Katrina. Right. Uh, when you talk about the uh, the kids that you show in Ethiopia that are, I mean, they've got nothing. That we, I mean, when we look at them, they've got nothing. Right. But yet, you said they're joyous. Yeah. And. Uh, it's it's when it seems to be that God is really there in those times where we're just reduced to having nothing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and, you know, we wonder why here in America, this affluent society, maybe not so affluent now with God, what's gone on in the financial crisis in the last year or so. 
But, you know, I think it's, it's extremely good when we have everything ripped out from underneath us. And well, all we have is God to rely on. You know, it's really interesting. There's, there's been a, you know, my observation, a bit of a, of a, of a resurgence, if you will, uh, a renewed passion among, among many that, that I've met or know, um, because they can't trust in their 401k mm. and God. It's mm. just God now. Yeah. 401k long gone, gone right. <laughs> up in smoke. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. You do, um, you know, you do find, you know, there, there's a particular guy now who who partly motivated by by unshaky or by by shaky financial situations and partly motivated by I got to figure out the right way to be living. His decision was to move out of a big 5000 square foot house and moved uh, moved into sort of the the, the crummy part of town. Mm. And when I want to bring stability and I want to know these people and I want to be, you know, my experience uh, in, in life might be helpful to people. And I want, this is a community that I want to be a part of. So, you know, they moved to a, you know, 1400 square foot crummy house in wow. a shaky area and, and just high neighbors were here and, you know, they're a different ethnic background than the neighborhood they moved into. And that just, it's like, wow, that seems like who we ought to be. Hmm. That sounds like a Christian to me. That's interesting. Yeah. And, um, and it was fascinating, but but partly it was you know we get our world rocked you know we try, we make our world real small and we try and protect it yep. and then it gets rocked inevitably and then we go okay God what is it what do you want from me I mean that's that's my story why I end up making this movie you right. know it's like hey I got a good little cocoon set up here oh what do you want you know <laughs> and five years later I'm talking to you so there uh, you go right yeah it's like the thing with uh, Bill Cosby and the, the Noah routine you know oh right yes. Noah yes. what yeah exactly <laughs> so on saw it in his workshop yeah and so God will sometimes if we're listening rock the boat and sometimes if we're not listening he'll literally rock things you know it's true and and to me the big relief and i wish i'm sure people have told me this my whole life and i never quite heard it the right way but but that surrendering to god surrendering in god is synonymous with freedom mm-hmm. it equals freedom it doesn't equal now i don't get to be who i used to be right I, now i finally get to be who i'm supposed to be yeah you know and and you know, it's it's uh, on the surface. There's been so many. You know, making an independent film is very difficult. Making mm. a film uh, that, that Christians and atheists both cry at very difficult. Mm. Getting people, marketing people, studio people to believe you about that very difficult. Right. It's been a very difficult you know number of years. Um, but I also feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and and feel like I'm being obedient in in what I was called to do, and the freedom that comes from that. It's not more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not happier per mm-hmm. se. Happy is the bad word, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm at peace, content, okay. I think is a good word. So I, I, I've, I've got this peace that I've never experienced yeah. in my whole life before. Right. And, um, and a certain kind of contentment. And a, it, it feels more evolved than I'm happy. This momentarily, yeah, yeah. you know, a euphoric kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's the, which is completely bizarre to me that it's like, wait, 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 I got to give up everything. I own. I got to put my career on hold to go do this. And now is when it all works. <laughs> wow, boy, I'm going to let you drive from now on, Imagine I guess. That. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably sounds silly to people because, well, duh, of course, how fundamental it is. But boy, understanding that in an intellectual way and actually dropping to your knees 
pretty much every day. Yeah. Actually, just opening your heart and going, all right, if it hurts really bad or if it doesn't hurt at all, whatever you have for me, yeah. whatever you have for me. And, and anyway. you know, that's the thing, though. I think part of our affluence has kept us from having to have that experience. I don't. I think that's why so few people get that in the heart as opposed to having it in the head. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And when I first began to get that whole um, concept was several years ago, I went through the uh, Henry Blackaby Bible study, Knowing God. Mm-hmm. And in that uh, Bible study, he said, what you really should do is get to the point where you say yes to God before he even asks. <laughs> oh, that's good. Whatever you want, God, I will yeah. do it. I don't care what it is. Yeah. You ask, and, and the answer is yes. Just in case you're wondering, God, just so you know, I'm here, I'm ready. Yeah, and, that's good. And then do it. Yeah. Whatever it is. And, and that's how I started the, the LifeSpring podcast. Oh, that's how the whole thing started. I mean, okay. when I started, there was not another Christian podcast. I was the first Christian podcast. Wow. And, um, well, that internet list- thing will never, never take off, so yeah, why would yeah, you bother? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> So my listeners have heard the story, so I won't recount it here other than to say it was just, it, it was literally a um, uh, middle of the night in the desert experience. Literal. Nice. Uh, nice. And God woke God's me up. God's dramatic like that, isn't he? He is. When he, sometimes he is, and sometimes he's really quiet. Yeah, but, true. But so, yeah, I mean, I had been through that Bible study, and I said, God, whatever you want. And then this morning he woke me up and said, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And then here I am five years later doing this, this show and I'm talking to you. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, you know? There we go. Five, same five year exactly. journey. Exactly. I wonder how, what, what the five year journeys your listeners are on. I know. Everybody's on one, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, people don't experience that just from the knowledge. It has to be yeah. something that they surrender to God. And then you find out that, man, no matter what happens, it's yeah. okay. And that's the thing. That's the encouragement to, 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 to believers is that, you know, loving kindness actually works. All that stuff you see Jesus do, it works. It doesn't seem like it should, but it does. Mm. And that's the stuff. I've but wait been a minute. In... Don't I have to make my point first? Yeah. Get them to agree with you yeah. and then you can be nice. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, I had a kid, I had a kid, a 24 year old kid come up to me after a screening in Seattle and you could tell he'd been crying, you know, red faced and, mm. and still tears in his eyes. And he came up and he says, can I just give you a hug? And I'm like, Okay, you know, I get hugged a lot these days, so I'm like, not, I'm used to it, but I'm like, yeah, awesome, sure. So he gives me a hug, and then, uh, and it's, you know, deep and hard and emotional, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot going on that I don't know right here, but it's a good hug. Yeah. And then, and then he pulls back, and then we, we talk for a minute, and he says, well, I'm gay, and I'm 24, and just the experience of watching your movie is the first time in my life that I've felt love from anybody who called themselves a Christian. Huh. Wow. And on one hand, it's like a movie can do that? Really? And then the other thought I had almost immediately was my heart broke for mm. him. Yeah. It's like two and a half decades. And th- this guy's going through whatever it is he's going through. And and this is a novel idea that Christians can love. Mm. And And then the third thought was I sort of got mad at the church going, come on. You guys are on every corner in every city. Where are you? You know, quit making rules of membership and start doing the hard thing, which is to love the people who are unlovable. Mm -hmm. You know, whoever that is for you, that's where you ought to start because you don't know God until you start that down that road. You might think you do, 
but you don't yeah. unless you're going to go into that uncharted place where you're scared to death yeah. and don't know what to say. Right. And you have to listen for that whisper and he'll give you the words. And that's the thing. We create that space. You know, the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us, you know, that he's leaving us a helper. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's fascinating is, is that, um, you know, he, he tells us it's a, you know, it's, it's a helper that's going to, going to help, um, with the truth. Yeah. And he tells us love one another mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave you a helper that's going to bring the truth. Isn't that fascinating that it wasn't reversed? Yeah. I need you to share the truth with everybody and I'll send you a helper that brings love. No, it's the opposite. Yeah, interesting. At the end of Matthew. Yeah. And, uh, and that was fascinating to me. So I think if we do what we're supposed to do, if we're, if we're to love one another, then we create that space the Holy Spirit, another crazy invisible thing we say we believe, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit shows up. Mm-hmm. That's where the convicting of someone's heart takes place. That's that's where the transformation takes place. But boy, if we don't, if we slam the door on them because they won't agree with us, mm-hmm. or because they're so bad, their their sin is so much worse than my oh, yeah. pride. Right. Well, right. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I don't want to get any of their sin on me. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, we're just slamming the door and the Holy Spirit's knocking and we won't let it in. You know, I don't know. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, so many of us, I mean, I would venture to say that virtually every church in this country is more of a Christian club than a Christian ministry. We, well, we minister to each other. You know, when, when I'm right. hurting, I can go to somebody in my church and they'll pray for me and stuff yeah. like that. And, right. and, and that's okay. I mean, that's good. I mean, we, we all have our hurts and we all need, we do need to pray for one another and things like that. But I think Jesus spent more time out ministering to those unclean, the unwashed masses right. than he did having his, his uh, Bible studies with his, <laughs> his disciples. He was showing his disciples how to be with those people. Yeah, yeah, you're how right. How to build those relationships. And, 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 and I don't want anybody to, to interpret that what I'm saying is, oh, church is bad. No, church isn't bad. Church is great. Mm-hmm. But Sunday morning for an hour is 10% of what the church ought to be. Is supposed to be. I exactly. think. Yeah. You know, and... and I've been fortunate enough on the on this journey of of making this Lord Save Us from Your Followers movie to to see so many churches that have got the thing turned inside out and they are rocking mm. and it is amazing and you'll go oh my gosh God lives in Waco Texas I had no idea <laughs> you know there's there's churches that are are figuring out um, what it is that that Jesus is trying to to tell us cool and practicing it. And then it all breaks loose. I mean, once we once we get in motion, what's the old expression? God can't steer a parked car, uh-huh. and and go. that's kind of what you see happening. And it's amazing, and um, and so encouraging. Okay, so tell me this: Does it still look like church? Well, I, it depends what you think church looks like. I guess no, it it doesn't look like um, you know sitting in a pew for an hour and sitting quietly and still and slapping your kid's hands because he's fidgeting and no, I mean it's you know that's that's the church I grew up in uh-huh. and um, um, I mean it, part of it that like I said I think it's ten percent of it yeah, I think that's okay. part of it I think that that the nourishment is absolutely important that yep. somebody who understands the scriptures and the context of what Jesus was saying and you know first century Palestine is very different than my interpretation in 21st century North America might be right. so somebody who understands it better than me to explain it that's value that's hugely valuable right. um, you know the the worship is is beautiful the fellowship is beautiful but we can also be fellowshipping when we're we're under a bridge washing the feet of the home 
homeless mm-hmm. too. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways to fellowship than the kind that's super convenient to me, so I can get back for the Lakers game at twelve thirty. Exactly. You know, right. there's there's a you know again it, it costs more than we than we pretend it does. Right. Right. And it's so different than most of us have experienced. I guess that's very true. I guess that's true. And uh, so, yeah, it might not feel like church. It might feel like some grand adventure. It Mm -hmm. might, I mean, if you're anybody that's gone to summer camp and done a service project in that community or, um, you know, your youth group has gone and done something, you know, gone to sing Christmas carols to the old folks or something, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's a million shapes. I mean, people come up to me after every screening. I don't think I remember a screening where people haven't come up and said, oh my gosh, these are Christians now. Oh my gosh, I don't do a thing for other people. I really want to. What should I do? Okay. And, and, you know, this is a beautiful place for the church to go, well, we could use your help with this Meals on Wheels thing, or we could use your help with the orphans, or we could, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing on a personal level that I tell people, and this is just my experience too, but it makes sense, I think, is, is well, God has you in a place that you're in for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that reason is, get real still and real quiet with God for a little while. Yeah. Go, God, why am I here? And then, and then the other thing I tell people is think about what your gift is. What are you really good at? What do you really love to do? What makes you feel more like you than anything? That's, you know, that's probably your gift. Mm -hmm. So understand what your gift is. Now take a 360 degree view of where God has you and who needs what you have. Mm. And I guarantee you, you will see something you didn't see before. Yeah, that's good. That reminds me of the quote that you had uh, Bono saying when he was talking about uh, one was look for, don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Look for what he's doing and join him because it's already blessed. Isn't that a great one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was an awesome quote that he had in there. Yeah. It's uh, God's busy. (laughs) God's got a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. And, and if we want to, if we want to have our hearts touched and our lives changed and, and continue, take a big step on this journey to know who he is, Boy, let's just take a breather and look around because he's doing some powerful and beautiful things everywhere. And and usually, you know, in the most unlikely places. Mm. And uh, there's a line from a U2 song that's inspirational to me that it's that's it goes something like grace finds beauty in ugly things. Grace finds beauty in everything. Uh. So those things that we want to cast aside and throw away, it's like we're not looking at those things the way God does. Right. Right. And that that's so true. It, Getting back to what love is, um, I know in my own personal relationships, if my wife and I have a disagreement, the best way to get back to the point where we are in unity again is to put myself in her shoes mm-hmm. and to figure out what it is that I said that hurt her or, you know, understand what went wrong mm-hmm. and make an effort to reconcile there's that word again yeah so that we can again be in unity and that's something that we i'm talking now as you know the conservative christians that are out there you know doing whatever we don't do with the homosexuals and the homeless and things like that you know we just say i they're bad or they're this or that that's their choice they chose to be that way yeah, and if they why, straighten they up then they can come in on sunday yeah That'll exactly be fine. yeah but love, again, is understanding and meeting them heart to heart, face to face, nose to nose, and developing a dialogue. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Jesus shows us over and over and over how being selfless, 
you know, is a, is a huge component to understanding and, and being active in, in love. I mean, you just described being selfless in your, your anecdote, you know, with your wife, you know, Paul, uh, I mean, what's Paul's line? We have to die to ourselves. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I don't know anyone who likes that idea, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, right. you know, those are hard. Those are difficult yeah, things. Yeah. I, I had a smart guy tell me once that, that, that at its best, um, love is a doorway. And God can move through mm. our open doorway into whatever situation oh, we're in. That we good. we become the door. Yeah, you know. So if we, so that means I've got nothing at stake. I'm uh-huh. I'm I'm getting nothing out of this. There's it's not pride. It's not ego. It's not achievement. It's not recognition. There's nothing in this for me. Much like Christ's life, mm-hmm. you know, of all the world's uh, religious leaders, uh, he didn't quite get a lot out of that whole deal. <laughs> um, you <laughs> know, true. we did. He didn't exactly. Know. Near the end of the movie. Uh, you say, uh, life and people are complicated. Compassion should be given and not earned, and that everybody has a rest of the story. And I think when we understand that, that's going to take us a long way to getting things better than we have in the past. Yeah, uh, that, was a, that, was a big, that was a big truth for, for me to learn, you know, in the course of making that film. We, I mean, we've all had the experience of being at work, like, oh, what's Bob's problem? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, you know, I yelled at him and whatever, and we had a fight, blah, blah, blah. But he's, you know, he was out of line. Yeah. It's like, well, <clears throat> Bob's wife left him uh, this weekend. Oh, crap. Oh, I wish I'd, thanks for telling me. I wish I'd known that. I would have been nice to, oh, wait. You know, he had to earn it. Yeah. You know, right. it's like I, I don't <clears throat> I don't approach people uh, as often as I should with with the way Jesus did. You know, the look at them the way God looks at them. But with, you know, come at people. I mean, we're Christians. We ought to be the compassion people. Yeah. You know, we ought to be teaching people how that works. You know, well, you know, that's <laughs> another thing from the movie. You 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 said that for people that have a problem with Christians, they don't really have a problem with Jesus. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing that was an amazing thing. You know, I dressed in this um, <clears throat> this bumper sticker suit. You know, for a good part of the movie with right. competing ideologies: Jesus fish, Darwin fish, and everything in between. Right. And and to to go out on the streets and of America, kind of I don't know, we're probably in 20, 25 cities, and have these conversations with people. And one of the things we we talked about were I was trying to get at perceptions. You know, I know what the the, the, the media pundits on both sides would, would suggest are the truth, but I wanted to talk to the people, you know, in between. And, um, and they're uh, fairly mixed reviews of, of Christians. You know, we're judgmental, we're hypocritical, we're, right. you know, we're this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, we're charitable and we go to church. And, you know, there's nice right. things mixed in. Right. Um, and, um, but it was very mixed. And then I'd ask those same people, um, you know, tell me, you know, what Jesus is known for. And oh, you're healing the sick, loving the poor. I mean, there's this one particular yeah, that, the, the, demon the demon guy, the demon bat guy, yeah. the famous demon bat guy from Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, he uh, he. I ask him what are Christians known for, and he says, "Well, warfare." But we don't like to talk about that. Right. And then I go, oh, this ought to be good. Well, tell me what Jesus is known for. Oh, healing the sick, loving the poor. Uh-huh. And I'm like, the demon bat guy gets Jesus? <laughs> oh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know me, but he gets Jesus. Yeah. And, and so, you know... We've got to be comfortable that Jesus has the bar very, very high for us, yeah. and we're not there, mm-hmm. and it takes a daily effort. And don't get down on ourselves. I mean, it's it's just what it is. That's okay. I mean, does anyone, I mean, anybody walking around thinking that they've got it sussed is just lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. 
You know, we we're, wait a we're, minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Except minute. for you, Steve. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Jesus' seal of approval. You're square. Everybody else is struggling, but you're all right. No, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and if we had it sus, then we wouldn't have to rely on him. And that's yeah. the whole deal anyway. Right. You know, it's, it really, it just goes back to that. Are we going to trust God for our daily bread or not? Mm. And, um, Instead of going, I don't want bread. I want ravioli. You know, that's yeah. that's that's how I go sometimes. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, so that that's a good way to end this. I think and is that, yeah, we can all agree that we should love those people, <laughs> them. Yeah. <laughs> and then we look at it. We say, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, we should, and we've not been doing that right. And then it's really easy to beat ourselves up. We Christians right. are pretty good at that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and that's the thing I, I'd point out about Lord Save Us. That's not what Lord Save Us from Your Followers is. It is not an. It's not ninety minutes of kicking in the teeth of the church. That's right. not what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's a it's a it's a look in the mirror, and it's and it's an encouragement for here's here's what we can be. Because yes, you, and you showed what it can look like. Yeah. By the the trip uh, with Kink FM, yeah, sure, yeah. Sheila yeah. Sheila Hamilton, the news director, went to Africa with World Vision. Yeah, yeah. And here she is. She's a quote unquote heathen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but they, they go I did there. call her that. You're right. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> called herself that. Oh, did she? Yeah, okay. She said, and we're still heathen. No, no, no. But see, I, I called her. I said uh, after they they raised uh, all that money for all those orphans, I said, well, you, that's not bad for a heathen rock and roll yeah, station. There you and go. then that's right. she picked up. So yeah. I, I teased her a little. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but she saw. What it is to be a real believer. Yeah, she saw and the what real compassion deal. was doing. Yeah. And then, but we need to be at the same time willing to give that same kind of mercy to ourselves yeah. as we say, you know what, we haven't been doing it right. Yeah. But let's go ahead and take another look at the way Jesus did it. Yeah. And see if we can kind of line up with that. There, there's a fantastic church uh, in the Northwest that I, that I know about that, um, that had gone through. Uh, let's see, I think three building programs in five years mm. and, and which is fairly typical or growing church. They're an exciting church. Uh, God's moving in it. There's a lot going on. And, um, uh, we, uh, over the initial reluctance of the pastor who, who eventually acquiesced, we showed Lord save us there and, uh, 800 people came to the screening and it was this dynamic, amazing church event, awesome. uh, which is, uh, you can go to the website to check out how to do the church event thing at your church or something. But, uh, but, but what happened in the, in the months after that was the church started to get outward focused. And my expression is it's like, well, the lights flipped on mm. and, and to the point where they participated in. In this is in Portland, Oregon, mind you, which you know my friends tease me. It's like, oh, the 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 People's Republic of Portland, uh-huh. right? So so uh, you know, godless Portland, and um, and so so this affiliation of I don't know, there's I think 486 churches um, combined with the the city government of Portland um, said, look, we've got all these projects, we need help. Do you think the church would want to help? Boom. You know, nearly 500 churches show up. Well, this church was one of them, and and they're a small—I don't know—3,000 people on a on a on a Sunday, maybe. Wow. Um, so it's pretty good sized over mm-hmm. a series of services. But but they had about 1,500 people, like half the church, uh, show up to do a service project at an inner service uh, inner city. Uh, school wow. that was in horrible disrepair and and because of that some of the captains in industry that go to this church you know have got Nike involved in building a new track for the school and they basically went oh 
here's some people we can love. Mm. Hey, and I can do this and you can do that and you can do that. And boom, now the community is like, what the heck? Uh-huh. This is a ch- church. People came and saved the school. Are uh-huh. you kidding me? What's that about? Completely changed the perception of the principal. Who's like, oh yeah, yeah. We know you Christians, you know, 20 of you show up and lean on your shovels yeah. for an hour. So you can say you did a project and blah, blah. It's like this person's completely just blown away. Sure. Come anytime. You know, mm-hmm. now that the, now this, this church has opened a, um, uh, a clothes closet uh, in the school. So it's like a little store where, where kids can come in and go, oh, I need some shoes or, mm. you know, I'm wearing the same jeans for three weeks to school. And, you know, people who are, you know, the, the kids that are living in, you know, difficult, you know, they're, they're impoverished. Yeah. And, and this affluent suburban church went, wow, I don't even know who my neighbor is, let alone love them, mm. you know, and love them, love them as much as I love myself. Yeah. And, and boy, when the lights go on in a church, it's unbelievable. I mean, if, if, if every church, if half the churches got half their people out doing things in the community, I guarantee you in five years, I go out and interview people on the street and I get different answers about who Christians are. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could happen. <laughs> it could. <laughs> That's hey, it. God's big. He can do what he wants. <laughs> exactly. And we just got to be willing to play. You know? Exactly. Well, you mentioned the website. What's the website? Uh, Lord Save Us the movie.com. And uh, you can find me on, on Facebook um, and Twitter. How do we find you on Facebook? What? Um, let's see. There's the Lord Save Us group. And then there's, uh, I think there's a Lord Save Us fan page. And then Dan Merchant. So okay. those are the different ways to find me there. Awesome. Twitter is, what's uh, your uh, username? Uh, Dan, uh, shoot, Dan Merchant, I think, is all it is. Okay. I can't remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not as savvy on that social marketing stuff as I should be. My kids are teaching me how to do it. Though. Well, you know, it, it takes time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the busier you get, the less time you have to do it. But it, it's it's good stuff. Um, I'm not on those things as often as I should. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's because I'm so busy. And that's uh, that's good. That's OK. Well, the, then go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, sorry. The, the last thing I wanted to say about about the movie, just yeah. so people get a get a, as best a context. And they you've explained it very well. But um, I, I like to tease atheists that it's the kind of movie you can invite your Christian friends to watch. <laughs> so I love that. So and that's what it is. The the the, the movie allows everybody into the conversation and it's like if there's a couple in your neighborhood that you they won't come to church with you but once in a while you have some interesting conversations gosh i wonder where bob and jane are at because that was remember that comment she made was so interesting and insightful mm. and uh, i don't think they uh, they think they grew up catholic but i don't think they go whatever you, we all know we all have these people in our in our sphere right um sit down and watch this movie with them and you will have an amazing conversation um as a believer um it'll absolutely affirm uh, it'll affirm what you believe. It'll affirm the best um, uh, manifestations of what our faith can be. Um, and it'll also go, yeah, ooh, yeah, we do that, don't we? Mm. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. You know, and that's in there too. And for an audience that, that's coming to it from outside the faith, you know, they appreciate the, the honesty and the acknowledgement that, yeah, how do you people not see all that? Okay, you do see it. Oh, oh, and you don't like it either. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, then, all right, I'll listen. So, what's all this other stuff about then? I didn't know. It's like what you, you know, your your description of talking to the friend at the at the radio station. You know, it's like inside of a conversation, inside of a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets real different. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, no, wait. There's something you said there that, that spurred a thought, but now it's gone. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I've had so many thoughts going by, and you're just talking so quickly. You know, it's like okay. I wanna, 
That's right. So oh, okay. sorry, I, I don't I don't take a long enough breath between <laughs> thoughts. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My mama, you know, brought me up. Don't interrupt. So, yes, oh, exactly. That's okay. Well, Dan, thank you so very much for being with us today. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, oh, I know what it was. Yeah. Oh, nice. See, dig. Yes. Yeah, there work. we go. So is there, I know Thomas Nelson published the book. Is yeah. there a study guide that goes with it? Yes, there is. Uh, in fact, um, the, um, yeah, so the Thomas Nelson put out a book, Lord Save Us From Your Followers. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of the same material in much more in depth. And of course, a book's different than a movie and how you tell the story. But, right. but it's a few, if you like the movie, um, you'll, you'll, you'll love the book. And, um, and then, uh, yes, there's a study guide that goes along. I think it's set up right now um, for, for church events. So if your church orders the movie, you get the study guide with it. Okay. And, and it kind of helps the pastor facilitate the conversation or small groups are doing it and things like that. Um, and I imagine in the near future, we'll, we'll put that study group up on our LordSaveUsTheMovie.com page where you can you know just download a PDF of it or something like that. But cool. there's a pretty nice like 20-page book that comes, that comes with the, uh, the church event uh, license. Cool. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, it's a great, I mean, again, the conversation is, a, is really important. And, and if you haven't had these kinds of conversations with people um, who don't think like you, you know, you'll come away... Um, you'll come away challenged, I'm mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. but you'll come away strangely encouraged too, because it just feels better to be connected to, you know, fellow image bearers of God than to not be connected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's an interesting, it's an interesting sensation. And, and, you know, you, you have permission not to agree with everything uh, that somebody else says. Mm-hmm. And as Rick Warren points out, um, you know, I don't agree with everything my wife says. Right. So for that to be our criteria to have a relationship is it's a, it's a falsehood. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being a part of oh, the show today. Pleasure. God bless you for your work on this, this film. Um, I pray for it. I know that he's already used it a lot and I'm sure that uh, now that it's out on DVD, it'll be, Uh, reaching an even greater audience. So very cool. Thank you, Steve. uh, Yeah. Thank you. All right. So for more information, check out Lord save us, the movie.com. A very special thanks to Dan merchant for being so generous with his time. This show's been a long one. So I'll just say thanks for listening. And thanks to audible.com. Remember to go on over to audiblepodcast.com slash lifespring for a free audiobook download today. Check out My Utmost for His Highest or any other of their 75,000 titles. Till next time, may God bless you. I'm Steve Webb. But you know what? I think I'll leave you with the song, We Are All the Same, from The Lord Save Us From Your Followers movie. The artist is Sam. See you next time. Trust